afternoon, everyone. This is the episode 44 of the Off Topical Podcast. We're back from an unannounced hiatus that we went on for a couple weeks. Hey, uh, Raven, how you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it's nice to be back and not on the random hiatus that uh, I don't think either one of us were expecting. No, we weren't. We, uh, we each had different things come up during the last three weeks or so and just hadn't had time for the podcast. But we're back. And not only are we back, but we also have a YouTube channel now. Uh, just search the Off Topical Podcast on YouTube. Uh, there'll also be links in uh, the TLG descriptions as well as uh, the descriptions of the uh, podcast that goes up right now. So it'll be easy to find. And if you want to check out the video version, head over to YouTube and uh, check it out there. This week, we're talking about a bunch of stuff. Apple is locking down the iPhone battery. And at this point, if you have an iPhone, that's kind of your fault. Plus, fledgling YouTubers have a have created a YouTube uh, uh, trade union or are joining Europe's largest trade union. We're going to talk about that. We have a bunch of stories that uh, listeners have suggested this week. Uh, thanks to everyone on Discord who suggested stories and helped write the show notes. Uh, so let's get to the show. So the first story this week. Uh, we have Apple is locking down iPhone batteries and uh, and iFixit says they're doing it because they want to uh, subvert confidence in third-party repair. What do you think about this story? Oh, totally. Um, what's his name? The Ross? What's Lewis his last Rossman. name? Lewis, uh, yeah, Lewis Ross, Rossman is his last name. Um, I actually watched a video on this just the other day. Me too. And he was talking about how even if you take an official battery out of one iPhone and put it in another, it it will still work, it will still charge, and it will still show accurately, but it, it has some other notification thing in that top bar or whatever. I don't yeah. I'm sorry everyone. Seriously. I don't I don't I haven't had I've never owned an iPhone, so I'm not really sure what the top part is actually yeah. called, but Yeah. But uh, it, it actually says it. But it does still work. That part is very important to note. But yes, they are definitely... Because like if it didn't work, everybody would just blame Apple, right? Right. So they're kind of setting it up to like... Where like they're, they can... Because it says something about service. So they're, they're blaming... They're trying to push the blame to the shop. Not right. the fact that Apple is just arbitrarily being a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, it's like... Um, I dated this girl a couple of years ago and she had an iPhone and the battery was all jacked up. Right. And right. we live pretty far away from, uh, from an iPhone, uh, repair or, you know, an Apple store. That's what they call them. And I ended up, uh, having to go with her twice to the Apple store. It's a two and a half hour drive. One direction. That's like four, like five hours almost of driving just to replace her battery because she didn't want to have me or someone else do it for her. And it's like, all right, well, we're going to waste, you know, 10 hours of our month going down to the, the, the iPhone store twice. You know what I'm saying? Like it was ridiculous. So uh, the fact that like, you know, Apple already has a bunch of their, uh, fan boys and, and fan ladies, uh, inundated in their uh in their ways of of independent uh, against independent repair i should say uh that just makes me really upset that now they're doing stuff like this to to really stick it to independent repair and to make people have even less confidence 
in uh, in the process of getting your stuff repaired on your own terms. It, oh yeah, so absolutely. Frustrating. The fact is, I, it is. They're they're like putting. Uh, it says unable to verify this iPhone has a genuine Apple battery even if it is a genuine Apple battery. And the only reason that they would do that is to, to subvert people's confidence in the likes of Lewis Rossman and, and iFixit and independent repair. And you know that the moment that those people disappear, um, you know, even if they kill those repair shops, those repair shops, except for maybe like iFixit, because, you know, they pretty much are exclusively Apple, but like Louis Rossman, he fixes anything that comes into the shop. It's yeah. just he's famous because Apple crap tends to be the most broken. <laughs> right, for sure. Which is funny, but anyway. And and that is also too where he mostly focuses, but he could easily switch to say Windows machines. Like there's nothing stopping him from switching to Windows or Linux machines. I mean, you know, he's smart enough to fix Apple's garbage. Fixing a Windows machine should be drastically easier for him. Right. So even if they do get rid of it, he'll still survive. But, you know, I actually wonder because, you know, it's kind of like you said, like, you know, he's in New York. So there's like several Apple stores in New York. But, you know, think about all the people that don't live in a major city. You know, they need those third party repair shops, even when they're official and all. How are they supposed to survive? Like, what is someone supposed to get on a plane and fly to the nearest major city to go to? Because the, the closest Apple store to me is an hour and a half away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I live in a rural area, but I mean, you know, there's still like 250,000 people here. Right. I, might, it's, it's I live just, in a town of like 50,000 people, I think. And it's like, you know, if I, if I go, uh, if I have to travel to Portland, Maine, it takes me two and a half hours. And that's a long drive, especially for someone who doesn't like driving. It's an hour drive to get to the nearest highway from me. <laughs> That's how far Te away I am. Technically, here. technically, that road that goes to your town is actually a uh, um, what you call it. It is actually a highway. I'm talking like an interstate, like I ninety. Well, it, it technically isn't it an interstate. I mean, no. you just live you just live so far out in the middle of civilization. They just didn't decide to make it. You know, it's a lanes. it's a main route, is what they call it. It's a route. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. technically a highway, but I mean, anything that like you can travel faster than fifty miles an hour on is a highway. Yeah. So basically, the closest one to me is in Richmond, and um, yeah. that's about an hour and a half away from me. The, there's actually two or three in Washington D.C. Like I'm gonna drive all the way there for that. Right. So, yeah, there really isn't any others. There's, there's, there are a few that are closer, but they're third party, which is what they're killing. Yeah. So, and, you know, I don't think with the insane costs, I don't think that third party, you know, stores or repair shops are going to last much longer. Well, now, yeah. I'm hoping this right to repair movement goes through because this, that crap is just garbage. Like, if you spend $1,000 on a device, you should be able to fix it. Now, should the yeah. company be held liable if you screw it up? No. If you choose to fix it yourself and you mess it up, that should void your warranty. I feel like that's a fair trade-off. That's how it used to be. Yeah. But now, it's like, I mean, they literally seize packages from people. They abuse the copyright law system 
to seize packages from like Louis Rossman. He bought stuff and because he imported it into the US, they claim that uh, he was violating US copyright law because he was importing goods. So basically Apple is saying they're the only ones allowed to ship an iPhone or parts. That's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. They, like that's they just have, ridiculous. They have no right to do what they're doing. It is it is vastly and grossly overreaching the the bounds of copyright law and intellectual property law and it's they're just they're abusing a loophole that no one's ever really abused and i'm hoping that someone will sue them over that yeah um but he's taking them to court over it i mean because he's out three thousand dollars worth of product and that's the thing too you know usually when someone violates your copyright law you sue them and you bury them under the face of the planet and you just leave them there until they die essentially right but they're not doing that they're just abusing it and then they drop it they don't continue forward and that that right there to me is just well you are abusing it yeah they know that they're they're they have no ground to stand in court yeah but they have just enough to make customs and you know how customs is yeah custom checks their little paperwork there and it's like okay and then just signs off on it and then it's up to you to defend yourself like customs doesn't get involved so it's essentially, and Apple doesn't care, you know, if customs will hold on to that package for an interminable time before having to dispose. So he's having to fight them to fix it. And now it seems like they're going to restart the whole thing all over again. Yeah, there really should be legislation that not not only like goes after Apple for doing stuff like this, but also companies like John Deere. I mean, I don't know, like I don't know how many farmers oh, that you know in your in yeah. where you are, but I know a ton of farmers, and they one of the reasons that they hate computers so much is because John Deere keeps screwing them with like they they keep like installing like just having, um, you know, if if they can't verify that a replacement part that you attach to your tractor was uh you know was not genuine then it just stops working completely because the computer won't function and it's like that kind of stuff is why i have no faith in a in a like in a digital first kind of world like you know computers are good at one thing and and not and having computers that are like uh able to just prevent a piece of equipment like a you know a combine tractor from working guess what that is freaking evil in my opinion oh man especially considering those things are not cheap either they're not cheap and uh you know if if they have to wait for like a john deere certified uh technician to come out into the field and repair their combine then it will take days and they can't afford to wait for that kind of stuff they need to just you know, hop off the combine if it stops working, fix it right there, right at that moment, and continue working. And it's like, if if John Deere is allowed to do this kind of stuff, then it is it it screws everyone. I've seen um, I for, I'll have to find it to you and send it to you later. But I've seen online where people are starting to rip apart their John Deeres and install like illegal, and I put that in quotes. No, because uh, it's actually not illegal, but John Deere says it is, but. You know, take them to court over it already if you think it's legal. Yeah, like cracked, uh, cracked version of the software. Or? It's not even cracked. It's they're completely writing and overwriting it and putting on new software. Oh, cool! Like I did with my Nikon. Sort of, yeah. Nice. But you have to replace mechanical stuff as well. Apparently, like it's not easy and it's not cheap. But the long term is, is you can actually use your damn machine. Right. 
Good so, but I mean, yeah, but it's like not many have that technical prowess to do it. Right. So one, not all can do it. And two, it's not fully supported. It doesn't probably doesn't have as many features. Cause I mean, I'm, you know, it, I don't know viewers listening, how much you actually know, but modern farming is very advanced and uses an yeah. enormous amount of computers to function. Like if you ever see the inside of those uh, like harvesters and, and everything, even their basic tractors, I mean, aside from the fact they have lovely AC, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they're just like computer monitors everywhere. Like yeah. they have tons of them and it helps them do almost everything and it makes the job easier. Yeah. And I, John Deere's like, no. And, and and on the one hand, I do sort of get it, right? Because from Apple, John Deere's standpoint, these farmers, these people that use their devices, they go out and they might get like a bad repair person or they might do it themselves and they break it and then they have a really pissed off, angry customer. But at the same time, that's when you pull out the lovely clause that you've had since forever that says, well, you didn't use an official person, and if that voids your warranty, you see, move on. I don't buy that argument at all. I don't buy that argument at all. I, I feel like what they are doing is Apple and John Deere are in these niche markets, and they want to guarantee themselves future business. And so what they do is they lock their products oh, down yeah, yeah. arbitrarily so that you have to go to them for to service it. And that's what they're doing. They, it's not about like, it's not about, oh, what happens if third parties or, or you know, the, the end user ends up breaking something and then they try and get it repaired. That's not it at all. That is to, that's their propaganda. No, that's, <clears throat> that's their public facing argument. Yeah, but that's that's how easy bullshit. it is to beat their public facing argument. It's yeah. like, okay, well, you already have a clause for that. So what, what else is your argument? Like, yeah. and that, that was my point. Like, they don't have one. Like, yes, the reason they're doing it is just to lock everyone to their platform. That's literally it. it. There's no other point or purpose to do it other than for that one sole reason. But they're because but they don't want to say that. Right? right. Because all the tech companies are getting in trouble. You know, John Deere is getting in trouble. All these places are getting in trouble for all this stuff. And they don't really want to. Um, you, you know, they don't they don't really want to. uh they don't want to rock the boat too much, you know, because if public outcry gets too bad, then it gets harder to buy politicians, I suppose. So, mm. you know, and they definitely don't like right now, the tech companies are about to have an entire party about breathe down their neck. No one wants that. Right. Even if you hate that party, no one wants that because I mean, and, you know, well, big tech has both parties breathing. One in particular is very adamant about getting them. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. I just hope these right to repair laws pass. Me too. That would just kill it, and you should just do it at the federal level and the state level, just as like a double layer protection. Yeah. Um, just as a middle finger to those companies. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. That would be great. Because there's there's literally no reason. Like I said, like their public facing argument is that these centers or these people or whatever are not qualified to fix it. It's like, okay, then void their warranty and tell them they're shit out of luck and tell them to buy a new one. Like, yeah. that's it, right? Yeah. But that's not what it's about. It's about making money. And honestly, making money in a really poor manner because all John Deere is doing is making people go to other manufacturers. Like, they're not promoting that they're a good product. And it's the same thing for Apple. Like, Apple's sales have fallen for the iPhone. 
And I firmly believe it is in part due to the nickel and diming of everything. Like, um, I don't know if you saw or not, um, but Apple, it, it's a bit older of a report. So I imagine it's even worse now in 2019. Mm. Um, or I guess, depending on your perspective, maybe it's better. I don't know. But uh, Apple's service department, you know, what, what do they call it? Apple Care or something? Yeah. <sighs> they make 30% of Apple's income. <laughs> so uh, yeah apple sales have fallen the and they would have had to have, right right exactly so that's the that's the thing like you you spend a thousand dollars on your app iphone and then you have to buy a 300 hundred dollar warranty plan okay whatever you say apple and even that doesn't cover everything that's the best part yeah even that doesn't cover everything it doesn't recover everything but that's just ridiculous I think I think you get the ninety nine dollar plan, uh, for free when you buy the phone. It's like bare minimum coverage. Right. It's just like what, what? Ah, it's just it's it's just you know what? It just makes me angry. Let's move on to the next. It just infuriates me. Yeah, it's it's, it's really. Dumb. What do you guys think? Do any of you guys have iPhones? Are you fans of Apple? Do you use Apple Care? Uh, let us know in the show notes forum.heavyelement.io. You can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm at the Linux Gamer, and he is at Raven67854. This podcast is sponsored by System76 and their brand new Adder Workstation laptop. The Adder WS features a 4K OLED display that dazzles in the largest gaming environments. Games run beautifully too, thanks to powerful components like an Intel i9 CPU and the RTX 2070, along with fast storage on the Samsung 970 Evo Plus that practically warps through annoying loading screens. Now through September 10th, you can save up to $310 on an Adder WS for System76's back to school sale. No promo required, just head to the link in the description for this truly classy computer. Um, nice. All right, next story. Fledgling YouTuber Union has the backing of Europe's largest trade union. Did you hear about this, Raven? I did. I'm actually um, quite intrigued about this. Um, it, it is interesting because what they're asking for, because it's weird, right? Because YouTubers really can't unionize. And, and don't, let me finish before all yeah. of you get up in arms and try to stab a pitchfork here because they don't really work for YouTube. So it's kind of weird. Like YouTube, even if they unionize, what I'm saying is, is YouTube could just ignore them and pretty much nothing would happen. Because right. what are they going to do? Leave YouTube? Like, well, and that's sort of the problem that they're in. And, yeah. you know, you're on YouTube. I used to be on YouTube. I actually got out of YouTube because I was, at one time, I was making like five, $600 a month off YouTube ads. And I was like, this is great, right? You know, just make stupid gameplay videos. People watch it, you know, get like 10, 15,000 views the first couple hours. And, you know, it was great. I was I was enjoying it. And then it just got worse. Like, you know, this was back when if you uploaded a game video, YouTube would be like, you can't do that. That's copyright infringement. Yeah. Just hilarious because now if you upload a video, companies are like, oh, thank God, take my money, please. Like, <laughs> you know, because yeah. they want the exposure. But, you know, we go back to 2010, 2011 or 2009 when I started. It, it was it, it was a different field so i got out of it because there was not enough money i couldn't pay bills and i made more money not doing that 
and it was a hassle like you spend all this time like playing a game and then editing the video and making sure the audio works right and you know sounds right and you know and then youtube just gives you the middle finger yeah that's what these guys are doing now they're doing it a little different than me they're actually trying to change it but and and i hope they do don't get me wrong i i really hope they do me too um even having the backing of the largest european trading union i i, I don't think it'll help too much and unless i think it might unless now there is one very no- thing they note and if you read the cnbc article um and it is something that i never thought about but it is a good point youtube classifies everyone as contractors slash self-employed yeah but youtube handles everything you don't get to interact with the advertisers you don't get to interact with anything and honestly too the other thing to note is they're not really asking for anything other than transparency right like if you go through and read it they're just asking for transparency which is hilarious because that's their only complaint like that's it yeah like that's your only complaint with the youtube platform because that's their biggest complaint like it mentions it numerous times in the article but it is it is an interesting thing to note because you know here recently youtube's just been demonetizing everything yeah and it's not because of copyright it's because creating ad safe what on earth is ad safe you know what there's not a single advertiser that gives a crap what it's ads on so long as they can blame someone else for it being there yeah. the only thing they care about is exposure right that's it. Like, don't get me wrong. Publicly, they will always say, yeah, we don't want to be on violent stuff. And what they're saying internally is, holy crap, that boosted sales. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, they they don't care. It's it's always it's always very two-faced with that sort of stuff. Like, and YouTube is the perfect thing, right? Because they just kind of spit it out and YouTube, in fairness, YouTube does try to target, but every now and again, you know, your ad will get injected somewhere else and that's great for them, right? Plus, no one really cares about that stuff anyway. When was the last time you ever heard someone yell because, like, I don't know, an advertisement for a clothing line was on, like, a gameplay video? Never. Not mm-hmm. once. No one cares, right? Because they just want to get to the video, so they don't. They just ignore the ad anyway. So, I don't know. But I'm hoping it brings transparency because that is, you know, something like the one guy who makes crossbow videos. He's mentioned in the CNBC article. Yeah. Like, his videos are not advertiser friendly. Like, are you kidding me? It's a dude going out and talking about crossbows. Like, he's not stabbing people. He's not shooting <laughs> people. He's not doing anything but, you know, talking about modern and ancient crossbows. It's basically a freaking history channel lesson on crossbows. Right. And there's tons of ads on the history channel, even with the crazy alien guy on. Yeah. It's like, come on. You're talking about not. <laughs> not yeah advertiser friendly that crazy alien guy yeah his hair's all wild but no man Adverti- freaking dove will advertise bar soap to you know the ends of the earth all day long yeah do you there. believe the earth is flat tune in monday you know buy, yeah. buy yeah. this crap that's that's their <laughs> they don't give a shit no, no they don't but uh i don't know the thing is what i think about this is multifaceted the first thing uh, I thought is that um, what I, I feel like their demands are a good first start, right? Absolutely. Fairtube, They're not over-demanding. Right. Fairtube's demands are pretty simple. They have four bullet points that are listed in the CNBC article. Transparency and decisions around demonetization. 
right? A direct line of communication to a company representative, which would be super duper handy uh, because uh, if you've ever had to dispute demonetization, you'll know they send you just form letters in an email yeah. and you can't even respond to And then they just go, you're denied. Uh, an independent board to resolve disputes between creators and YouTube, which would be super useful. And a YouTuber advisory board where creators can weigh in on company decisions. I feel like all four of those are super simple and easy con uh, concessions for YouTube to make. Um, I feel like they don't want to budge on any of them because uh, if, if they're transparent around what demonetization is, then people are going to be able to toe the line and that people, right. YouTube doesn't want them to do that. Um, yeah, because they want to be able to ban stuff on one day and allow it the next day and then ban it again. Yeah. That's because that's basically what they're doing. For those of you who don't pay any attention or care about YouTube. Yeah. One day something will be perfectly fine and then the next day it's not. Right. They, 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 YouTube makes more money by having a, a platform, you know, by having a moving target and by being able to like change what is and isn't monetizable on a whim. And so yeah. this would be wonderful if this passes or if this becomes like uh, a thing that happens. I, I would be willing to join Fairtube um, because you know what? They, YouTube really doesn't deserve much love right now. <laughs> No, um, and they haven't for even even back in 2009 when I started. Yeah, yeah. I had to remember that for a second. Make <laughs> sure I actually got it right earlier. Yeah, it's from, well, I joined YouTube earlier, but I became a YouTube partner in 2009. Mm. Um, I, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. they don't they don't deserve anything. They've never been good to their content creators. Never. The only people they've been good to are people like PewDiePie. Right. And you know, if you have a million plus, and now it's more like if you don't have 10 million plus, we don't care about you. Right. Or you don't, or you're not like bankrolled by a network. <laughs> yeah. Like freaking, uh, yeah. uh, all the, I don't think late PewDiePie night is part of the network anymore. Huh? PewDiePie's not, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not talking about MCN. Either. I'm talking like, like, oh, yes, yes. Well, that's, that's a whole nother ABC, piece CNBC. that they allow crap like that on there. Yeah. But they won't allow a crossbow guy to spend 30 minutes talking about how amazing this, you know, right. 500 year old well, crossbow like, is. Stephen Colbert can spend like, you know, or not even Stephen Colbert, but like just like news. I, I when the shootings happened, and I, I, my heart goes out to everyone who was affected by that. Um, there were monetized YouTube videos from ABC, NBC, CBS. Yep. They were all on the trending page on YouTube talking about the tragedy, and then Philip DeFranco can't monetize his videos, and I, I don't think he even tried with that one. Like you know he didn't feel it was ethical but guess who did abc cbs and nbc anyway that's whatever that's not the, neither here nor there this kind of stuff though like youtube obviously plays favorites and so if they have to like reveal if they have to be transparent about this then they're gonna have to be transparent about the fact that there are different sets of rules for people with money but the other thing that i think is really nice about this is if youtube budges on this that emboldens fairtube to act uh in our best interest even further and yeah you know there's a lot more we want that i mean the transparency is probably the biggest but there's a lot more stuff that one could ask for like the yeah. the next thing i would ask for is for youtube to start charging people uh when they file a false copyright claim like, i charge them a few thousand dollars because you know u.s law states that if someone files a copyright claim you know you have to look into it and if if it's valid you have to remove it yeah. U.S. law says nothing about you. Actually, I think there are clauses about penalizing people for filing a uh, 
uh, false copyright claim. And there are so many, you know, like, especially from India, they just copyright everything. Like, they just everything. And it doesn't matter because YouTube never punishes them. And, yeah, you know, they'll hit, like, your video and then you get it removed, but they'll have it for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. And they just do it. It's a rolling, it's just a rolling target. Yeah. I really think, I think that's a great idea if, if, like, um, all these companies that like have sprung up to file false, you know, uh, claims on, on copyrighted videos, if they had to pay like $10 a claim, guess what? Their business would dry up super quick. If, if there was like human review that YouTube had to have in order to process these claims, then, uh, and and you know YouTube charged ten bucks a pop to to process them. I was I was thinking like five thousand dollars, but yeah, I mean you go cheap, man. Dude, I mean the thing is, it's like it takes a an average like a normal person not a lot of time to like look at an acapella video and be like, no, this isn't copyright infringers. That's fair use, you know? Yeah. It, it like, and then at that point, guess what? These companies that are making their money falling f- filing false claims won't be making money it'll cost them money to to file false claims and then the claims won't even be false and they won't make the ad revenue from it yeah i mean that's what needs to happen just just hire people youtube for god's sakes i know you're google i know you want to automate everything but just hire people yeah it, it is too furious. much. It is too much, though. But it's they not, could. But if they had a system in place, there's. I mean, I there's know there's too much per day. It's dude, millions per day. Yeah, there's but, no way they could go through it. I don't know. I, and in fairness, I will say that it's too they, much for human review. But there's no consequences, and that's they the problem. Charged, if there were consequences, if they charged the people that were hired that were that were being like were falsely, if they charged anyone who filed a, a claim like that. 10 bucks they could afford to hire as many people as they need yeah i, I would do like i would i would honestly i would do like five thousand dollars because that's a significant more amount of money because you know some of those videos that they claim you know they might make more than ten dollars when they have it yeah so but, i would but, i would just i do know that they are starting to strike companies for it and yeah. that's a start that would be um good. but they just make a new company so it doesn't really matter like yeah you know? I don't know. The, yeah. The the thing about this, too, that I, I like, um, getting back to the actual topic, um, is that uh, the, all, these are the demands they want, right? And if, you, if YouTube doesn't uh, respond to these and act in a timely manner, then the, the full weight of IG Metals, uh, which is like the, the European trade union, their legal team can come down on on YouTube on YouTube and sue them for false employment. I don't know if you watched the actual video, um, but the video was actually really awesome. Uh, they talked about like what they can actually do. And in Europe, they have laws against companies similar to YouTube uh, hiring people uh, as a contractor or as a you know whatever the way YouTube does for people who produce content for them. And they they said that there's significant uh, legal precedent that YouTube's uh, business practice here in, in that area is against the law in Europe, and yeah. uh, so that is where I think that they might have actual like a you know a hill to die on. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. But yeah, 
Oh, the other thing that I thought <laughs> when I saw this story was the first day that that video went live on YouTube, guess where I saw it? YouTube? I saw it on the trending page on YouTube, and I was like, hey, that's awesome. Uh, Maybe when the algorithm of profiting on inflammatory content bites back, they might have to like pause for a second and think about what kind of technology they're building. Ugh, I know, right? It freaking, they're so dumb. God damn. Anyway, what do you guys think about this story? Uh, are you on the side of the YouTubers? Are you on the side of YouTube? Uh, let us know what you think uh, in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. Uh, we're also um, on uh, Mastodon, you and I. Uh, oh, yeah. At the Linux Gamer and at Raven6N854. At Librem.1. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. All right, Apple is being sued over uh, review humans reviewing the Siri recordings. Uh, this was one of your picks for this week's stories. What? Uh, tell me what's going on with this story. So, basically, and um, underneath this, you'll see Microsoft has also been caught doing this. <laughs> Uh, Apple, Google, and Amazon, as we know, have humans and employees and contractors. Um, I think they've all been caught at this point doing this. Their fancy-schmancy AI that, you know, is supposed to learn from reading these conversations turns out that uh, it's looking like a lot of that AI was actually just people, not AI. It wasn't AI, it was just I. Yeah. (laughs) So... Basically, someone leaked that Apple Siri, uh, people who worked um, as contractors for Apple Siri, isn't that incredible? The, one of the wealthiest companies in the world needs contractors to mm. work on Siri. Isn't yeah. that weird? Yeah, they're probably paying them like $10 an hour. Yeah. yeah. One of the wealthiest companies in the world hiring people to actually do work. What the hell is that about? Yeah, I mean, it's cool <laughs> if they want to hire them to do a job. Yeah. But it's like, you know, because you know... As well as I do, you know, Apple loves the campaign, paying people fair wage and all that stuff. And then they go out and find the cheapest contractor they can find, yeah. naturally, to, you know, do this. So I just wanted to poke a stab at them there for a moment. But back to the real <laughs> topic at hand. So basically, these contractors have been listening to people. From everything from when people are having sex to buying drugs to doing their taxes, pretty much anything. Does, does anyone know that they're doing this? Nope, because you don't even have to be activating the Siri. It just has to, the phone has to be on, basically. Yeah. If the phone's on, they can listen in. Yeah, Apple. How's that? Um, you know, we're super secure and no one can interact with any of our data through the iCloud or Siri. How's that working out for you? Don't you remember they told, remember they said yeah. that? Oh, remember? Yeah. Remember that? I remember that. I remember that. I remember. No. Yeah. Screw you, Apple. <laughs> oh, Apple sucks. infuriating. And then, because, I mean, it's everything, right? They can grab almost everything you do with Siri. Yeah. I don't really know what that means specifically, but because, you know, they don't fully say. So I'm, I don't think like, they can read your text messages. But, like, if you're, like, using that voice to talk or whatever, they can grab that. Yeah. Yeah, just grab everything. They can also grab your location data. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Well, some of these, so Apple said that these report, these uh, recordings were stripped of, 
personally identifiable data. But some of the reports coming out of this say that uh, some of this uh, data that they see has location data. Yeah, and plus you could say your name. You know, yeah, like right. we talk and we have normal conversations. Usually our cell phones are near us. I mean, you could easily piece it together. It's not like humans are that dumb. Right. So it's just all it takes is one very, very nefarious employee like um, the guy from, was it Chase? Remember? Uh, yeah. Recently, was it Chase? Yeah. Which bank was it? I think it was Visa? Chase. MasterCard? I can't remember. Uh, doesn't really remember, matter. But yeah. They stole a crap ton of money. Uh, Capital it only takes one. one in, uh, Capital One. That's right. It was Capital One. I knew it started with a C. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they stole a lot of money. A lot of money. And a lot of personal information. Yep. Mm, yeah, so, you know, you can't just be like, well, it's just a contractor. Yeah, well, it only takes one person to and, screw the whole thing up. And and further on that, you know, the NSA's prison thing wasn't collecting phone call recordings. It was just collecting metadata. There's a lot that you can learn about someone just through metadata. It doesn't even have to be personally identifiable metadata. You have, you yeah. have a conversation. No, it doesn't. You have like a... a uh, the the length of the clip, you know, the, you have the 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 phone number that they're calling, and boom, you know, at least a little bit about that person. You can infer some things about that, and so this kind of stuff. You have a recording of someone's voice. You have the location they're at, and if they're saying, "Hey, where's the nearest? I don't know, McDonald's." You know, this this guy likes McDonald's, and he probably lives within a couple blocks of that place. It's like. It's it's so terrifying. It's sickening. It's, it's it sickening. really is sickening. It is absolutely sickening. Um, and the best part about this is this Apple has been touting itself. We're super privacy focused. Clearly, they're not. And yeah. this goes, you know, back to you know a conversation we had before we started this podcast while we were setting up. Yeah. You know, if you have end to end encryption, and anyone can access it, including you, it's not encrypted anymore at that point. I mean, technically, it still is. But if there's a back door, that means anyone could get in that back door at some point. Like, I, I just I don't understand why politicians and businesses and just anyone who's supposed to who's talking about this stuff publicly like they know what they're talking about just doesn't seem to understand how vital it is that we have encryption and it's real encryption. Yeah, like we want real end to end encryption. I don't want anyone being able to access it. Like, I, I am so bad about this that. You know, I, I, I told uh, I told my girlfriend that, um, you know, uh, when she gets rid of her Apple phone, I'll get her something and I'll lock it down so good that if she forgets, well, she's never getting in it ever again. Because that's, <laughs> that's the kind of encryption yeah. I want. Right. Like, I, that's the encryption I want, personally. Now, I know I most literally... people don't feel that way, but that's how I feel. <laughs> Dude, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I, I told my girlfriend that when she gets a phone that I can actually encrypt I'll send her nudes. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's how I feel. Oh, you know, it's great, right? Speaking of that, we'll go off a little off topic. And we'll get a little personal here. Um, you know, sometimes she's asked me to send her certain, like pictures, not, you know, not nudes or anything like that. Right. But just like pictures, you know. And I'm like, no. She's like, why? I'm like, it's not encrypted. Yeah. And she's like, why does that matter? I'm like, because it's not encrypted. And she's right. like, it's a, I just want to see the milk. I'm sorry, it's not encrypted. <laughs> like, I'm not sending you anything if it's not encrypted. And, and that's literally how I am. And I know it aggravates the living hell out of her, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, people ask me a lot of time, like, if I know what you look like. I've seen one picture of you. I have... Yeah, I really... and you'll never get any more. That was, like, the one time. I feel dirty for doing it. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's actually I have to a picture s- of you or not. I, I have to scrub myself after I was done because I felt so bad <laughs> yeah. exposing myself to the world. Yeah, you had, had to get to a belt like, and whip myself. Yeah, you had to, like, lose 20 pounds and dye your hair and grow a mustache. Yep, and then shave it, and then grow another one. Yeah, you know, to create like false data. Yeah, um, but that, but that's how it should be. Yeah, uh, maybe I, not as extreme as I am, but but that's how people should think about encryption because that's the thing. It's like you said with metadata, you don't need much to piece stuff together. I mean, do you remember 4chan messing with Shia LaBeouf? Do you remember that? No. All they had. All right. So it was this was way back in 2016, and for those of you that didn't know this or that's whatever, that's time. fine. It was a much simpler time, right? It was back when all this political rhetoric that is blown way too wrong as was beginning to blow up. Um, and Shia LaBeouf put this flag up. And I don't remember what it said. And it doesn't matter. Well, 4chan being 4chan and the lovely autistic people that they love to be, they decided that it would be a fantastic idea to use the clouds and the timestamp from when the photo was posted Dude, they literally tracked it just using the cloud pattern from a crappy cell phone picture oh that Shia God. posted. And they found the location of the flag and they took it down. So he moved it to another location. They did it again. Now, the reason I say all that is, if you haven't pieced it together, is 4chan was able to do that using a picture of a sky. <laughs> yeah. 4chan was able to do that. Now imagine what a government can do hiring a bunch of very intelligent people. And make no mistake, most of those people are extremely intelligent. They're not stupid. We love to joke about how stupid the government is, but a lot of those people working in those centers and areas, they're not actually that dumb. Now, hmm. competent, I that's up that's that's up. I'd rather have stupid, smart people no. working for the government than for Amazon or Google. Right. So cuz we can at least change the government even yeah. if it's really difficult. Can't ever change Amazon. Right. <clears throat> so you don't need much, like you said. You don't need much. I mean, like I said, 4chan was able to do it with clouds. Imagine what the government can do with a picture of your front lawn. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's just, no. It's just, it's scary. So anyway, so back to the original point of the encryption. I only believe that it's proper encryption when no one can access it yeah. without the passcode. And that's it. And that's the other thing, too. You know, because um, I don't use uh, the fingerprint feature of my phone. I, in fact, I've never used the fingerprint feature of a phone before and i actually have no idea how they work uh i saw a movie that i watched with my girlfriend and um it they used it in the movie and i was like oh so that's how that stuff works because <laughs> i was like never used it before i've never even tried it um and i you know i'm a tech guy i yeah. I, I, I write android applications for a living i've never used it before never seen it never even seen it in action yeah so yeah, it's 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 mind blowing. Like it's it's just completely and utterly mind blowing. Um, yeah, the the thing that I find uh, like I, I'm I'm happy that people are outraged about this, but also like I know right. But the fact is like, how did you think this worked? Like, if you're outraged about this, like if you didn't know that people had to listen to this to rate the computers, uh, the, you know, the AI's responses, quote unquote, uh, that's how it works. And it's like, if, if you didn't believe that you're naive, 
and that sucks, you know. But I'm and I'm glad you're upset about this too. Like I'm speaking directly to this person who's upset, right? Right. <laughs> but like, yes, I'm glad that you're upset. But like, this is how technology works, and like, this is how this is why I don't trust these things, and and it's like, you know, you Apple and and Google and whatever can say all all they want about how they use your data, but if you're not comfortable with a person having access to your device, you shouldn't be comfortable with a company having access to your device, right? Yeah, like that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. <laughs> Companies, <laughs> surprisingly, are made up of people. And it's like... I know, big shock. Uh, it's just like, oh, people... You know, I hear all the time, like, oh, I have nothing to hide. And then, you know, so I'm like, all right, well, give me your phone and unlock it for me, and I'll just go through it. And, and people are like, whoa, no, I don't want you to do that, right? Because that feels like an invasion of privacy. Google has literally everything that's on your phone on their server and they can go through it at any time. They can give it to anybody they want in their company. And yep. and it's like, now do you feel uncomfortable? It's like yeah. Amazon, or, you know, you remember the fappening? Do you remember that? Like that was <sighs> yeah. because someone got into all these iCloud accounts. And I, I think it might've been, they got in through the same way the, 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 the owners of the accounts got in, but like seriously, anyone, I would imagine anyone who works at Apple could get any iCloud account information they wanted. I mean, it's like Google. So they have senior people who have access. So they would have to get that person. And I don't know how many people at each company, because each company is a different size that they have that have access. Um, But all they have to do is get that person's password and they're good. Yeah. And then then they're in. And, so that's that's really bad. I mean, there was a, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but there was once a Google senior engineer, or I don't know, he had a fancy title, but he had access to Google's database, like the thing that very few employees at Google have access to. Right. Like he had access to all the mainframes, you know, because there's people that set them up, but they never have access to them. They just hook them up and then someone else comes in and does it. You know, it's all distributed and compartmentalized. But he had access to everything, um, and he was stalking a underage girl because that's right. I read course. about that. Right, and she blocked him. Right, because well, he's being annoying. You know, whatever. I'll just block him. Well, he's you know high up. Well, I don't even know if he's high up, but he has access. He literally went to Google where he worked, went into the the room where because you know Google supposedly is back then. I don't know how it is now, but like you couldn't access the network. Um, you know, externally, you had to go to one of the data centers to access it. He literally went to a terminal, accessed it, found her, and unblocked himself. Oh my god! And uh, that triggered something in uh, Google's security system, and he they audited the system and found it, and then they ended up calling the cops, and he ended up getting arrested. Yeah, I don't know if Google be. works that way anymore because you know they took down the do no evil thing, so they might not work that way anymore. I don't know. Right. Um, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I have no idea. I can't speak for them. They'll have to do that themselves. Um, and yeah, it's it's just. But my point, I guess, to saying all that is, is it's like you said, like someone could do it. And what if you know someone was you know really bad and they just dumped it to everyone in the company? Yeah. Or dumped it on the internet or whatever. But yeah, so, you know, and, and the thing is, too, is like a lot of these assistants don't need Internet to actually function. They they do that because they use that data to sell. They sell the data. 
they actually really, a lot of those systems like Google Assistant and Apple Siri and Microsoft's Cortana have been proven time and time again that they function just fine without internet. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the features won't work. Like if you tell them to search the web or look up something or whatever, that stuff is obviously not going to work. But if you're using them to search your computer or type out, you know, like voice, like they really don't need internet in order to do voice to text. They don't need internet for that. Right. I, I always find it funny when like, uh, you know, if you're if you're using like GPS directions or something and you lose like 4G signal, the, the voice changes, you know, it'd be, it sounds more robotic. And part of me, like the skeptic, like the cynic in me is like, they really don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like the phone is perfectly capable of generating like a, a, a nice sounding human voice. They just do. I feel like that's just theater, right? It is. Yeah. Ugh, it's disgusting. Anyway, uh, in, in other corporations are spying on you news. <laughs> uh, Microsoft... Uh, it's been revealed that Microsoft contractors are eavesdropping on not only Cortana requests, but on your freaking Skype calls. You put this yep. in the doc. What? Tell me about this. Tell me more about this. It's literally the exact same thing as Apple. Microsoft oh. hired contractors. Contractors can connect in on your Skype calls. So they've seen people, you know, having sex, doing drug deals. Pretty much everything that Siri caught. Yeah. But don't worry. Skype is super secure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Only our contractors can see you. (laughs) It's And and, and it's funny because it's like, they're like, well, it's only for the AI power translation service. Why do you need people? Yeah. Well, You know, it's funny, right? Because when NVIDIA trains its AI to drive... They just set it up to feed it images and videos and stuff, and they just kind of leave it and let it do its thing and run its simulations and learn. Like, what? You know what it is? It's because they don't have the AI. It's fake. I swear. It's all fake. Like, they do have an AI. I'm not denying that they don't completely have one, but I guarantee you it does not function properly the way they want it to, and that's why they need the contractors in the middle. Well, I mean, artificial general intelligence is a long way off. And the, right. what we have are like these hyper specific intelligence modules that are good at exactly one task and that's it. And so in order for those tasks to improve, you have to have people who are rating the the growth and the learning of the of the machine. And so like when things are called AI, it's just marketing. It's not like it's not really ai it's not like a it's not like commander data it's like i don't know b4 <laughs> it's not before b4 is more advanced than anything we have right now too uh i don't know it's this is just i don't why do people trust companies with their data like this you know what it is it's the convenience factor it always yeah. boils down to convenience a lot of this stuff is like look at how convenient a lot of this stuff is yeah i mean like, you remember back I, in the day true. when you had to buy music i i still buy music yeah i i, I do too but let's we're talking about average people here. yeah like youtube let's just ignore spotify you can get any song you want just off youtube just right that. that's true and then you can listen to it and you get the music video usually yeah yeah it's just yeah it's and i like, mean what else do you need like a couple uh last week or the week before i did the uh i did my uh 
live stream for my patrons um, on Google Hangouts because some people couldn't connect to my server for some reason. I think they were behind like a NAT or something and they're oh. or a firewall and they couldn't access my WebSocket. So it, like it is convenient and that's kind of like the scariest part is it's like, you know, if you self-host something, there's no guarantee that everything's going to work. And when when you're doing something like that, you just know that it's going to work. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself, but at the same time, you, you got to do it at sometimes. But I don't know. At least it's not Skype, right? Skype sucks so much now. Uh, you remember when Skype was cool, dude? <sighs> yeah, I do. I remember when Skype was first created and it wasn't it made by the people that made Kazaa? I think so. And it's like it's like a peer to peer it was a peer to peer network and like basically there the infrastructure was that there were super nodes and super nodes had like the most bandwidth and it was all self-reported and negotiated amongst the network. And then when Microsoft bought them, they literally just created a data center with a bunch of uh, super nodes in it, and then they updated all the clients to never report as super nodes, and it's so awful. Ugh, yeah, it makes me so. Well, sad. I I remember back when uh, Skype used to uh, not be made in JavaScript, so you know, <laughs> dude, JavaScript. I don't know why everybody hates JavaScript. JavaScript's cool because it uses a crap ton of RAM. So we have a crap ton of RAM. Yeah, but on phones and stuff, it sucks, man. It just eats it all up. Not to mention it's slow at processing. I mean, I don't know. There was a time there was a time when Skype was built with the proper language. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it worked any better because right. Skype hasn't really ever worked good, honestly. I mean it worked and it was cool and it was functional, but you know, I mean you're also talking to someone that remembers AOL Messenger and using it and BBSs and, you know, I remember, like, signing into IRC to get programming help because that was yeah. the way you did it. And yeah. Yeah, I, okay. My, um, yeah, I remember AOL Instant Messenger. Remember all the uh, Flash slash Java applet uh, chat rooms that used to exist on the internet that you would go to websites for? I do remember that. talk about stuff? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh yeah yeah mm. when, I, when, when i was in high school i was homeschooled and, and i had a i had a project that i had to do and it was like one of the only like projects that got assigned to me like my parents didn't do anything for my schooling like i did i basically decided my whole curriculum but my dad at one point was like i want you to build a chat room in flash and i'm like uh okay and i did and i was like really proud of myself it was cool Yeah, that is really cool. ActionScript was the first programming language I learned. You know, I used to like making uh, small little games in Flash. Yeah. Because it was cool to like, you know, play it. And you could just throw it in the browser and just play it. Yep. ActionScript was weird. Flash was never meant for making games, but people did it and it was weird. Yep. Oh. Uh, what do you guys think about Skype and uh, Flash-based you know these antique flash based uh, chat rooms let us know in the show notes forum.heavyelement.io you can also check out the show on youtube uh don't have a, a vanity url yet but uh just just search for uh the off topical podcast yep 
or click the link below or click the link in the description of this video in this uh, whatever it is podcast yeah that way <laughs>
compromised by simply downloading and viewing the file in their file manager or by dragging and dropping a link of it onto their desktop. Wow. Yes, it's bad. That's and that's all the more reason why I'm very surprised that the person was like, yeah, let's just uh, let's just share it with the whole world and not give KDE a chance to fix it. Yeah, I, I think that this this uh, exploit dropped at uh, around the same time the evil gnome showed up, just for feature parody's sake between the two desktops. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, this it's bad. that sucks. I can't believe someone would disclose something like that. I mean, seriously, if you find a vulnerability, responsibly disclose it so that it can be patched before it, it, people in the wild can be exploited by the by the problem. Like responsibly disclose please yeah i mean i'm cool like people want to disclose it and you know if, if they just take forever and keep dragging their feet you know 90 days or 180 days past you know however long you feel for me it'd be 90 days i would go public because that's the only way to yeah. force it right you know that that's sometimes that's how people get microsoft to fix bugs <laughs> yeah microsoft yeah. has gone 10 plus years not fixing exploits so i mean yeah yeah. Did you know that uh, when Windows 10 first launched, there was a weird exploit with um, drivers that were compiled with Visual Studio? I think it was 2012. Um, and NVIDIA was affected by AMD and Intel, I believe. But NVIDIA was the main one affected by it. It had to do with the compiler version that they used. And um, Microsoft opted not to fix it. I did not know that. Yes. It was extremely hard to pull off. But if you pulled it off, you had full system control remotely. Yikes. And yeah, and locally. Um, and you could do it from a uh, like uh, non-admin account as well. It was it was tough to pull off, don't get me wrong. Um, NVIDIA and all of them, they just switched to Visual Studio 2015 and the problem just vanished. Hmm. had something to do with the compiler optimization or something. Weird. But is that weird? But that, I mean... Granted, it didn't affect people. No one was ever affected by it. But it's just weird Microsoft stance of, we're not going to fix that. Because as much as people love to crap on the Linux community, if an exploit is made public, we don't leave it there. Right. No matter what it costs, we don't leave it there. I've, n I've never seen, I mean, can you think of any instance where we've just been like, nah, we're not going to fix it? No. Yeah, I haven't either. But in the Microsoft sure, world, that's a very common problem. I'm sure somebody will think of something, but it's not yeah, common. If, yeah, if it's it's not common. And I understand in that particular instance, you know, Microsoft deemed it, like, practically impossible to do remotely. Not impossible, but practically impossible. It's a good cheap choice of words there. Yeah. Um, so, and, and like I said, NVIDIA and all of them, they fixed it. They just moved to a new compiler version recompiled and pushed out the patch and boom, it disappeared yeah but it's remarkable that microsoft was just like eh. like what right i mean it, it, it technically it is an exploit that nvidia did but it's because of your compiler and the way your operating system works you know nvidia didn't do anything except roll up to a new version Anyway, I mean, it's it's a moot point now because it's 2019 and they don't use that compiler anymore. So it really doesn't matter. But the fact that it was there for a while and no one knew, and then when it was known, they were just like, eh. Yeah. That's bothersome. Yeah. What do you guys think? Are, are there any uh, thing uh, exploits that 
Linux is just kind of left on the table? I don't I don't think so. Open source world? I don't know. That doesn't really happen. Let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. <clears throat> um, all right, you want to get, like, I don't really care about the GNOME software thing. Do you care about that? Oh, we get the Linux <clears throat> drops floppy drive support. Yep. All right, let's do that. Uh, so people have been asking us about this one, Raven. Uh, what do we think about uh, Linux dropping, uh, like, actual floppy drive support? What do you think about this? You know, I love DOS. I have my 486 machine. I love to talk about it. You love to pretend that I don't talk about it. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't care. I don't use... I, you know... I have no drives hooked up to this machine. My monster rig of a machine has exactly zero drives. Really? Yeah. Can you believe that? Hmm. I have a you know Blu-ray why? drive in Dargo because I yeah I don't Blu-rays. I don't have any of that. I don't use it, and honestly, I can't think of a single instance where a floppy could be used where you couldn't just use a USB thumb drive. Mm. Because let me tell you something. I bought a lot of floppies for my 486, and I'm recently just bought more because i found a sale let me tell you something i maybe got 25 you know what hang on i will tell you specifically how many because it's like 1.44 if i remember correctly for floppies (laughs) this is gonna be great i bought 25 floppies for a whopping total of 36 megabytes of storage with, with all of them combined for like like 20 bucks like floppies are expensive floppies are expensive for that amount of money i could have bought like a 16 gigabyte thumb drive maybe even a 32 depending on the brand yeah so no i don't i just don't care like i do understand that linux people tend to have a hard time letting go of hardware (laughs) and i understand that yeah like i was totally against ubuntu killing 32-bit library support because that's just moronic yeah but this is like, what am I getting? What do I use a floppy for? So here's like, what am I using a floppy for? Right. Here's my take. If you have a machine that is old enough to um, have a still floppy have drive floppy in drive. it that still works, um, you're not going to be running kernel version five point whatever. <laughs> you're going to be running like two point something or earlier. Like this is you know this isn't going to affect people who are running old versions of the kernel obviously and uh you're still going to be able to use usb based hard drive uh, floppy drives so this is not uh, i don't think this is going to affect a lot of people uh and i think that they're probably correct in in doing this um you know modern yeah modern computers don't even have like floppy drive controllers on the motherboard yeah yeah uh i most of the floppy drives, the modern ones that you get, um, are um, USB. I think there are a few SATA ones, but <laughs> it, SATA. it's like zip drives. Like, yeah. No one uses them anymore. Right. But, you know, again, you know, whatever. They don't even make floppy drives anymore. Sorry, nope. floppy disks. I don't even make them. They have so many. It's like VHS tapes. They have so many of them just laying around in warehouses. Yeah. They're practically giving them away. Well, actually, they're not giving away floppies. Like, they're really good floppies. are really expensive. It's about a dollar a floppy. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. You can reuse them and stuff. It's just, you know, they wear out after a while. And yeah. There was a sale, so I grabbed some. Free shipping, too. So, woo. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have to get them from, like, you can't get them from, like, Amazon. Amazon's more expensive than anyone. Um, so you get them from, like, all these other random places that have them. And they're pre-formatted and stuff. And yeah. I use them every now and again for some stuff. So I figured, what the hell, they're on sale. Why not get another batch? Like, don't get them now. I might not ever get them again. So. Right. So, yeah, for this, I just, I, I don't see it's a problem. I'm surprised that anyone sees it as a problem. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's a, it's a problem at all. Like, the, there's still going to be the USB controller in the, in the uh, kernel. So, this isn't going to be much of an issue. And if it is, you can use the previous version with the LTS support. So, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, the other story that people wanted to talk about was Harmony OS, uh, which is Huawei, Huawei's uh, open source operating system. Uh, uh, personally, yes. personally, I won't touch anything created by the Chinese government. <laughs> yeah, I won't either. And and I know people are going to attack us and be like, but the Chinese government. If you're a major corporation in China, the Chinese government owns you. Oh, yeah. Or you work with them. Your your success is you predicated to... on their approval of your success. Yeah, and um, so let's just ignore the Chinese aspect and let's just look at the actual system itself. Uh, it has one abstraction layer instead of four compared to Android. Apparently, I read that in an article today. Mm. And um, the next great thing about it, I know I said next great thing. What what kind of contradictory bullcrap is that? can't root any phone with harmony os installed they won't work wait say that again you cannot root any uh-huh. phone with harmony os installed they won't work interesting now their phones are famous for being filled with i call it malware slash spyware other people call it applications but i don't care yeah like they're famous TikTok for it. and face app yeah and <laughs> and and whatsapp that's the Chinese one, right? Or is it WeChat? WeChat. Okay, WeChat. WhatsApp is, is Facebook. Well, it's also spyware, whatever. Yeah. Um, see, I wasn't too far off. <laughs> uh, so they're famous for including crap like that. Now you won't even be able to remove it. You won't have a choice in the matter. And they're like, it runs so much faster. I was like, yeah, because you don't have any abstraction at all. And I'm sitting there thinking, why don't they have any abstraction? Probably because it makes it a lot easier to spy on what users are doing. Well, I would think if you're running bytecode, that's actually probably easier to spy on, don't you think? Well, like they have like like Android has like multi-layered sandboxing and other features. Oh, Harmony OS it? got rid oh. of all that. I see. I don't. Yeah. I'm not like I'm not like super privy to the Java world, so. Well, I don't think they use Java, but that it's that's like fine. it's like Java. No, no, no. I mean Harmony OS. I don't oh, think yeah, they're no. supporting Java. No, I don't think they're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, it, it's it's a little bit of, like, um, like the operating system itself, like, will sandbox applications. Like, Android does that. It's not just the JVM that's also sandboxed, which is easy to punch through because right. Java. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy to me. And they're talking about how great it is. And the only thing I can say is, is whatever. Yeah, I think they're going to have an issue with uh, multiple architectures. I mean, how are they going to get around different CPU architectures running the OS? Are they just not going to use different architectures? 
it's it's uh i mean that 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 part's not too big of an issue i i think the bigger problem because like you know they're big companies so they can hire enough people to support it and they're focusing on arm anyway and they right. so they probably definitely have support for that but my my big problem with it is is like it's just it's also the ecosystem they cannot use anything from android right so they have to rebuild from the ground up and you know, I know they've been planning this for a while, but Trump's tariffs forced their hand. I don't think it's ready. No. I, I mean, not. I think they're just desperate because, you know, he just cut like one of their major, you know, income revenues just away. So and, and that's the thing, too. Like, even if they make these phones, they're only really going to be available in China. Right. And maybe Japan. And, you know, I don't think anybody in Japan wants Chinese stuff either. No. I just, I just, I, I, you know, people can say whatever they want. I, I don't trust the Chinese government. I have nothing against people from China. You, you know, I've, I don't know if you've ever met anyone from China, but yeah. for the most part, they're pretty great. But the government, no, no. Dictatorships tend to not be very good. Yeah, I dated like a girl 100% who was a Chinese girl when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. As, they're fine. Or I guess for some reason, people tend school, to. But whatever. Not fair enough. No, sometimes people tend to like be like, "Oh, you don't like China? Well, clearly it means you hate the people." It's like, no, it's it's, it's usually always talking about the government when you don't like a country. Yeah, <laughs> not the people. Usually, the people are not the reason that it's crappy. You know who I don't like? The Dutch. No, I'm just kidding. That Dutch. was an awesome Powers joke. <laughs> yeah. People who and are now we're gonna find out. Now we're gonna filters and the Dutch. look, man. We're gonna we're gonna find out that most of our viewers are under twenty and don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, that's why you I'm know? terrified. They're <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like, "What is Austin Powers?" Austin it's Powers. Like, oh, it's such a funny movie. The uh, what's his name? Michael Caine is Austin Powers' dad, and he's like, "There are two things that I don't like in this world. The first thing is people who are intolerant of other people's cultures, and the second thing is the Dutch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. Anyway, all right. I think that's a sign that we have run out of stuff to talk about, my friend. A sign of stuff to talk about, please. <laughs> this is the Off Talk Book Podcast. We'll start talking about woodworking. Right. <laughs> oh man, it's good to be back, my friend. It is. It is very good to be back. I'm glad I didn't have to do this by myself either, because it's always like a ten-minute show when I do it by myself. Yeah. And in other news. <laughs> <laughs> the uh they've released a new operating system and linux has dropped floppy support good night <laughs> yeah like, basically uh, uh now now we know why news anchors always have to yep absolutely um so uh we have a couple things that we want just a couple housekeeping points uh follow us on uh youtube uh we're gonna be uh just just look at the link in the description of this uh podcast there you go. Uh, we're we're also uh, uh, what was it? What was the other thing? Oh, want to say thank you to our sponsor uh, for the giveaway that's going on. System seventy six and Samsung, uh, they are sponsoring the show. So if you want to head over to giveaway.heavyelement.io and use the tokens that I'm about to read to you, um, DX. Oh, I'm sorry, D four X D H A five. And U14EZOY. Uh, those two codes are going to get you uh, two entries in the Off Topical Podcast. Uh, in, I'm sorry, in the uh, 
in the outer workstation laptop giveaway. It's going to be cool. Uh, yes. And uh, I am very tempted to get one of those laptops. I just don't need one, but I'm going to get one. Yeah, they're, dude, holy crap, that thing is so nice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yes. Sorry, I'm like documenting that I just used those codes. All right. Uh, so, yes, use the codes and uh, and sign up for the giveaway, and it's going to be cool, and uh, have fun and good luck. All right. I think that's going to do it, man. All right. All right. Uh, thank you for being here again. Thank you all. I love being here. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to the show. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>